welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. sing, but it's an experience that we live. Praise God. We have confidence. We have faith. We have trust in Him. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're so happy to see him here tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I have been trying to keep track of the time and uh, it just seems like we're blowing through all these weeks, and we're already halfway through September, just about. And, uh, and uh, I don't know if, if you're like me, but it's like a, a you know, slow down just a little bit. But uh, you know, it is a. Uh, uh, the one thing about it's for sure is that we know that. Uh, one day the Lord's going to come for his church. And uh, although I, I want to go, it's like the person that says, you know, I know I'm going to die, but I don't want to die now, you know. I know the rapture's going to happen, but hey amen. I just want to be ready when he decides to come for his church. And we don't know what that day or the hour looks like. John, chapter John, the book of John tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a couple sessions here. I think it's a couple. It might end up being three or four, but uh, we are going to be talking tonight out of John 13 and John 14 and 1 John 1 to begin with. Uh, John 13, verses 33 and 34. Little children... Yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot come. Everybody say, I can't go. So now I say to you, and then verse 34, he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, he goes on to say, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. The literal translation is many dwellings. How many is looking forward to your dwelling? If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Going over to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. He starts out, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled 
of the word of life. For the life was manifested, it was revealed, and we have seen it and bear witness and show. We declare unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Verse 3 says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness Everybody say, at all. all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. And do not, everybody say, do not. Translation there is simply, do not practice. So we do not practice the truth. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, We lie and do not or do not practice the truth. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Praise God. Let's put our Bibles down and pray together. Lord God, we thank you once again, your presence. We thank you for your presence that's in this place tonight. Amen. As we open up your word, I pray, God, that you will anoint our ears to hear, hearts open to receive what you would speak to us through your word tonight. Because most importantly, Lord, we all want to be ready, amen, when you come. Because as we go through your word tonight, we know that you are preparing a place for us, amen. So we got to do our part and be ready for that moment in time that you come for your church. Bless us tonight, I pray, and everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. So Apostle John wrote all the references that we've been reading uh, this evening. And he wrote about Jesus explaining that he would go to a place that we could not go. But he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that we, you and I, could be there as well. And so when he's writing the scripture here, he is refer, he's referred to it figuratively as in being in the light. Everybody say in the light. In the light. And what does the scripture say? The scripture says that we must, we must walk, we must walk, walk in the light as he is in the light in order to be able to fellowship with him. And it talks about a certain place. A certain place. And so we must be in there also in order to share that fellowship in that certain place. Amen. So it's also, also we know it in the scripture as being the Father's house, His Father's house. He speaks of it as a perfect light. Amen. He is the light. Everybody say, He is the light. He is the light in such a manner that we read scripturally, in Him is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. And so Revelation, the fourth chapter, Revelation, the fourth chapter, verses five and six, notice what it says. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, 
which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, everybody say there was. There was a sea of glass like unto crystal and in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts living The translation for that is living creatures, full of eyes, before or in front and behind. How many ever kind of thought when you were growing up your mom had a set of eyes in the back of her head? Just a side note right there. Did you ever ever think like that? Hey, I'm telling you right now, I'm standing here and I think my mom did. I mean, man, she she could catch you doing something that that you never thought was possible. Amen. Amen. So he said, you know, there's going to be the four beasts, the living creatures full of eyes before, in front, and behind. And so when John had a vision as recorded uh, according to the book of Revelation, he saw God represented by a man on, the thr- on a throne. And before the throne, he said there were seven lamps. Now, uh, you know, in Scripture, we usually look at the seven, seven the number seven always denotes uh, perfect, perfection. Or complete. And so seven lamps then would denote perfect light. Everybody say perfect light. So uh, where there is perfect light, he talks about it, there is no darkness. No darkness. Amen. So John saw a symbolic vision of the place he wrote about earlier in his first epistle where the Father and the Son are where we must fellowship with them. And later we read that where the seven lamps are before the throne, a mu- it said a multitude stands who were not in the picture before. Let's look at Revelation 7, 9. He said, after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, all kindreds, that word kindreds, it's, the translation is tribes. So all tribes and people and tongues or languages stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms or palm branches in their hands. So we see a place of perfect light before God's throne and a multitude that nobody can number that are standing there before the throne in that same place. Amen. So they are before the throne where the Father is and before the Lamb, the Son also. They have fellowship in the place where the Father and the Lamb are in fellowship. In other words, this is the place that Jesus referred to. This is the place we could not go. You can't come here right now. Amen. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I'm going away and, and, and we understand that where he went in order to prepare for us a place is this perfect place. Amen. So we see uh, as it unfolds this place where they are in fellowship. Amen. Does it remind you of anything, anything in the far distant past when you read the scripture? Well, let me take you back a little bit. Amen. Go back to the Garden of Eden because the Bible said God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. And then you move over into the genealogy of Jesus in Luke the third chapter, verse 38, the last, the, the last verse. Amen. Adam is called a son of God. 
Amen. So many mysterious verses in the Bible, I believe, can be uh, 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 easily understood when you think about uh, the picture of Adam being in the Garden of Eden, that paradise, that utopia, that perfect place. Amen. When you do your Bible reading, if you, if you read it uh, uh, from, uh, from the way it's uh, uh, written, Genesis to Revelation, uh, that's the first place you're going to park at. You're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to have the beginning. You're going to have, you know, God's creative days. You're going to have where he made man. Where he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. At, all the way back in the book of Genesis. That's what you read. And then you understand the relationship that God had with Adam. He walked with him. He's always desired. Side note here. He's always desired to have a relationship with his creation. That's why we were created. Amen. So the reason Jesus said we cannot go there is because Adam, our great representative, betrayed humanity by sinning and his single sin, according to Romans 5.19, amen, made all of us sinners. Amen. And so, you, you, so there, there is a, you know, and, and at that moment we read the story and it's really a depressing story. It's really a, a uh, you're thinking, man, how could you do that? Because at that point, once Adam messed up, then God says, you can't stay here in this perfect place anymore. You can't stay in this utopia. You can't stay in this Garden of Eden anymore. You have to go and God cast him out, him and Eve, out of the Garden of Eden, that utopia, that perfect place, that place, if I might say, of fellowship with God. Think about it. Amen. So Revelations 5, verses 1 through 3, it deals with the sealed book. How many's read about the sealed book? He holds the book. Can anybody take the book? Now let's, let's look, verse 1, chapter 5, verse 1. He says, I saw, I saw the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And the Bible here in verse 3 says, no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. So in other words, what he's saying to us, no man could go into that place before the throne, let alone take anything from his hand at the throne. But Jesus, Jesus, Jesus went to prepare a place for us. So, so that is supposed to be our home, our home. Can I, can I look at it tonight as this? It's going to be our Garden of Eden. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be our Garden of Eden. It's going to be our paradise. It's going to be our utopia. It's going to be our place where no sin is there. No heartache, no pain, no grief. Right? Amen. No ups and downs. It's going to be a place where we're going to have fellowship. Amen. You believe that tonight? Amen. Right there in paradise before the throne. God meant for us to dwell. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants you to be there. And so when we read in, 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 in Revelation 4, 6, and 7, we see that there were beasts, 
before the throne. Now notice this. In the scripture, go back and read it. Amen. There were beasts before the throne. Why? They were blocking it. Amen. Just as, just as when you read about the cherubims that blocked the entrance to the garden after man was cast out, they, Adam and Eve could not go back in the garden because the cherubim stood and blocked their way. Think about that. How many is glad that God had a plan? God had a plan. Amen. So Ezekiel 1 called such creatures cherubims since they looked the same as the beasts with faces of a lion, an ox, an eagle, and man. And so John said he saw, he saw all this in heaven. Heaven, let me say it again, heaven is also called Eden. Heaven is paradise. Eden means paradise. And Jesus went there to prepare a place for us. Turn to your neighbor again and say, I want to go there. Amen. So you asked the question tonight. The question would be, how did he secure a place for us there? Because in our sinful nature, we can't, we can't go. We are blocked. We are blocked from making heaven our home. Revelation 5, 6, and 7 says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book, he took the scroll, out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And then here it says in verse uh, uh, Revelation 5, 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. How? By thy, say it real loud, by thy blood out of every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. In other words, in other words, for, for, for it to become unblocked for you, you have to have the blood applied to your life. You have to have the covering of his blood in your life. Praise God. So, first we see a place where nothing but seven lamps stand before the throne. Then we see Jesus enter that place and take the book as the voices cry out that Jesus... Uh, that Jesus redeemed them to God by his blood. They were apart from God, but then they are redeemed to God. Apart from God, then redeemed. Adam was separated from God, but God had a plan, amen, for all of us, amen, that we can be redeemed, that we can, amen, have that sin removed from our life. We can have a covering, right? Amen. We are brought together, amen, we are brought together by redemption. We have to be redeemed. Amen. What do we say? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We are redeemed. And so Jesus prepared a place for us. How? By redeeming us by his blood. Amen. 
And, and where the throne was once alone, when you read the scripture, it was the throne. There it was. It was by itself. Now we see a multitude, multitude that no man can number standing there after the Lamb walks in and redeems us by his blood. Throne, nobody. Nobody had access. Then Jesus takes the book and they sung that song. Amen. We are redeemed by his blood. So we have that redemptive power in the blood. Thank God for the blood, right? Revelation 7, 9 says this. After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man can number of all nations, kindred, tribes, and, and people, their tongues, their languages stood before the throne for the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, or palm branches in their hands. So Jesus, Jesus went to a place. He said where we could not go. And then said after he went, he would prepare a place for us there so that we could also be there. Now, this is exactly what we are seeing here in John's visions in the book of Revelation. Amen. Understand, understand, understand. We have no hope of getting there without the blood. We have, if we did not have an advocate, if we did not have uh, Jesus Christ, amen, laying his life down on, on Calvary and shedding his blood, Amen. It's by his stripes that we are here. He was bruised for our iniquity. Amen. All those things that, 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 that were portrayed in there for us, you and I, it's his blood. That blood that's important because that's what can redeem us. Amen. Let's clap our hands and praise him together. So this is what he's seeing in, the, in those visions in the book of Revelation. And then he says, love one another. Now this is, this sounds simple, but it's one of the hardest things that we have to accomplish. Right? So back in John 14, the words concerning Jesus' departure to prepare a place for us were spoken immediately before he was to be crucified. Understand the timing of this. Amen. These words were am amongst the, uh, his final words to his disciples. And over and over he said that phrase to the disciples. He said, you must love one another. So let's go back. Let's go to John 13, 34, 35. Follow me here. And also John 15, verse 12 and verse 17. Notice what he said. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. you know, folks, you got to really love somebody to lay your life down for them. He said, it's a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So love is not necessarily a spoken word. It's an action. A lot of people will say, I love you. And they no more to mean that than a hill of beans. I love you. It's just words. But if there is an action with it, there has to be affection with that. Amen. It's not just words that you speak, but it's something that's down in your heart. He said, you are my disciples. They will know if you have love one to another. How many still wants to go to heaven? 
How many still wants to go to that place he's preparing for us? John 15, 12, he says again, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Everybody says, well, I can just, I, uh, you know. Look, let me, let, me, let me just stop and say this. Don't pick things in the word of God that you like and leave the things that you don't like. Don't kind of jump into something that doesn't really uh, convict you about certain things. You got to, if you want it, if you want, if you want some of it, you got to want all of it. It all means something, right? Amen. So this is a commandment. He said to his disciples that this is going on, but just before he's crucified, that you love one another as I've loved you. He said the people are going to know, the world's going to know, amen, if you really have the love, amen, because you got to love one another, amen. People, people don't, people pick up on it real quick. If you're a child of God and you're just ripping somebody to shreds to somebody out there in the world, they're, they're, not, they're really not going to think anything about your Christianity. You can say you go to church. You can say, you know, you love God. You can say you sing in a choir or teach a Sunday school class or whatever you do around the church. They know. They know that uh, this guy's not, they're, 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 they're a fraud because they really, don't, they really don't have it. Why? Because that's what Jesus was trying to put in his disciples. Amen. The world. Amen. They're going to look at you. Amen. And, 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 and they're going to know that you are my disciples. Why? Because of the love you have one toward another. Now, John 15, 17, he said, these things I command you, that you love one another. Well, Pastor, why do you keep that? Just, are you reading the same scripture? No, I'm just telling you, over and over, Jesus was saying to them, you know, look, if you want the world to know, amen, who you are, and you're my disciples, you're going to have love one for another. No less than three times were these words said in those final phases of Jesus' life. John 17 shows him praying to the Father. John 18 shows him going to the garden to pray where the soldiers came and took him to crucify him. What's that old song? He could have called 10,000 angels. Remember we talked about the other night, amen, the temptation of Christ when the devil took him out there, when he was out there 40 days fasting and the enemy come when he was done, he was hungry. And the enemy came and began to, a series of tests. And he met that with it's written. It's written. Everybody say it's written. Amen. So he's here saying, look, I'm going to give you something to live by. I'm going to give you something to live by. And these were amongst the final words once again to his disciples. Maybe you could say it this way. Maybe it was his last lessons that he was teaching them. Right? Amen. And, and they concerned, and it was concerned going to a place mankind could not enter in order to prepare a place for us. They had this concern. Listen to the words about this place in John 17, 15. He said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Or the interpretation is the evil one. Right? Everybody say evil one. Amen. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. How many believes that God can keep you? Do you believe God can keep you? Amen. Through the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs. Amen. Things going on in life. Amen. Do you have confidence that God can keep you? Amen. Here's how he keeps you if we love one another, if we follow after him, right? First he says that it's not taking them out of the physical world. He's not taking them out because really honestly, amen, if you want to escape the evil one, that's basically what has to happen. 
amen, as you got to, you, you're, you're saying, you know, I got I to gotta vacate the premises to get away from this. They said, no, no, that's not going to happen. But he has the power to keep you from the evil one, right? John 17, let's go down to verse 22 and 24. 22, 3, and 4. Here's what it says. And the glory which thou gavest me, I gave, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. This is Jesus. All right. I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved me as thou hast loved me. Amen. Verse 24. Father, I will, I will. That word will there, the translation is desire. He said, I desire. Everybody say, I desire. That they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. He formerly said that he went to prepare a place for them, that where he was, they might be also. And he says, I in them and thou in me. In other words, fellowship with the Father and the Son, oneness in fellowship. The place is not a physical place, you know, right now. We, we, we can't see it. We can imagine. We can think about it. Why? Because Jesus said where he was, there would we be soon. So it's not a place we can get to right now. Amen. And yet he was there in the world with them. Amen. In other words, God robed himself in flesh and came and dwelt in this world and walked in shoe leather and walked with them. Amen. Lived that life and began at the age of 30. Amen. His ministry lasted three and a half years before he was killed. But yet he came and dwelt among men. Why? Teaching them how to live to prepare themselves for that place. spiritual place in fellowship amen therefore being in the light according to 1 John 1 7 refers to fellowship with the father what did Jesus do in order to prepare a place for us in perfect light according to Revelation 5 he redeemed us by his blood right amen so this is precisely what we read in the New Testament Go to Colossians, the first chapter, verses 13 and 14. Let's see what it says here. Who hath, who hath delivered us from the power, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated or transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, literally the son of his love. Verse 14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Folks, it's like the old song we sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing. Turn to your neighbor and say, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. It's the blood that was shed that covers a moat. So what does redemption through his blood mean? He gave the answer when he wrote. He said, even the forgiveness of sins. Another verse shows this aspect of light in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Notice what he said, but ye are, but ye are a chosen, why don't we read this together everybody. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, stop. A peculiar people, translation, his own special 
people. How many is glad for that? All right, let's continue. That ye should show forth or proclaim the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So we got to understand. We got we to get into a place where there is nothing blocking us from having that kind of fellowship with God. Nothing blocking us from getting to that place that He has prepared for us. Amen. So we are translated into what? His marvelous light. Not just light, but marvelous or, or, or perfect light. Everybody say perfect light. Amen. It's a place of oneness. It's a place of oneness, a place of fellowship. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus speaks of going to the Father in order to prepare a place for us and also to prepare things so that you and I would do greater things than he did. John 14, 12 said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. In other words, he's just simply saying, Church, amen, sometimes we kind of get mealy-mouthed about it, and you know, we're kind of, oh man, you know, he said, no, 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 no. He said, greater things than these, what I, what's, what's been accomplished here, greater things than these shall you do. I'm not going to be with you, but my spirit will be with you. It has something to do with going to the Father to prepare a place for us. Let me go chapter uh, chapter 14 again, but go back to verse 5 and 7. It talks about Thomas. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how, how, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh in the Father but by me. If ye had known me, you should, know, you should have known my Father also. And, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Jesus, Jesus said they did not know the Father. There was a depth of fellowship that Jesus was talking about. Folks, I'm going to tell you what, there's something more. We always, have to, we always have to strive for something more. We have to reach for greater heights. In our, in our daily devotion to God, we got to dig deeper and we got to get more into the Word and understand, amen, what He really wants from us and really look at what, 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 what we desire. How can we accomplish that in the things of God? And there has to be a fellowship that goes beyond what our natural abilities are. We understand that we can have a great relationship with each other, but we can't save each other. Even if you laid your, your life down for somebody and shed your blood for them, it would not, it has no eternal value. It can't save you. John chapter 16, verse 26 and 7. It says, and that day you shall ask in my name. Everybody say his name. What is, what is that name? And I say unto you that, that I will pray the Father for you. For Verse 27, for the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. We, you know, Folks, we will be able to ask God or we'll be able to ask him ourselves because why? We have fellowship with him. Amen. Fellowship. 
So just simple. If, 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 if things aren't going the way you want them to, just look in the mirror and say, do, do I really have fellowship with him? Amen. Because I believe this. I believe, I believe that when, you know, one thing that I believe is that when we have fellowship with him, we'll have fullness of joy. Right? We'll have joy. Doesn't mean everything's perfect. It just means I'll have joy. Why? Because I have confidence in him. Because I know that one day, I know he's got a place prepared for us. Amen. And we're going to go there, right? 1 John 1, 3 and 4. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And verse 4 says, And these things write I unto you, that your joy may be full. So he wrote about our fellowship and the purpose of having our joy being full. Amen. So in the garden, we have fullness of joy, right? I mean, when you read the, the account of the creation and you look into that window of time, and you go back and see Adam as the, the uh, uh, farmer, the caretaker, the husband of God's creation. And you see how the relationship was. And then in the cool of the evening, it was regular. In the cool of the evening, they walked and they talked. Now, my question is, how in the world could somebody mess that up? We've paid the price ever since then, right? Amen. But God, God made a way. Amen. And, and, and it was by his blood, the Lord's blood, that we were redeemed in order for us to, to have fellowship in the paradise. Amen. Because you've got to understand, without the blood, there is no connection. Right? He can woo us, and I love to feel the presence of the Lord, right? I mean, but how many can agree tonight that before you were ever saved, you might have been in a service, and you felt the presence of the Lord. You felt it. But unless you responded and repented of your sins and were buried in his name and was filled with his spirit, there was a, there's a disconnect because you can't have real fellowship with him without his blood applied to your life. So, how was this done? It was carried out at the cross. Amen. When he died for us, amen, when he went into that grave, he was buried in that borrowed tomb. And Peter, Peter actually referred to an ancient psalm on the day of Pentecost regarding uh, the Lord's resurrection. In Acts 2, 26 and 28, he said, Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make, make me full of joy with thy countenance. Amen. He said, he said, this refers to Jesus. It refers to Jesus. Amen. Acts 2.31. He's seeing this before, this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell, 
neither his flesh did see corruption. Okay, let's go. Let's go back to Psalms. I don't know if, if you got this up there or not. I apologize. But let's just go here. Let me read it. Psalm 16, 9 through 11. 16, 9 through 11. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Or in other words, the translation that is dwell, dwell. Everybody say dwell. Securely. Amen. I rest in him securely. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. You won't allow him to see corruption. Amen. You won't, he's not going to stay in the boat of the dead. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence, fullness of joy at thy right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. Think about that tonight. So we got to realize that Jesus died. His blood, amen, he took his blood to apply to our life. And that's the blood that allows us to have the fellowship that we need because you can't enter into those secret places. Do you realize tonight, if you're, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, that there are places that you can get him, in Him through prayer and devotion to Him? There are places that you can get to. There are places, there are secret places in God that you can get to. Amen. You've got to work at it. Amen. But you've got to believe the Word. You've got you to believe that through His blood, amen, there's nothing blocking you. Right? There's nothing blocking you. From getting into the presence of God. Think about that. Amen. Where John said was a place where our joy would be full. Amen. Understand it. He redeemed us by. Turn to your neighbor and say he redeemed us by his blood. Psalm 16 and 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither shall, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. So after he referred to the, the, to the resurrection of Jesus, we go down in Psalm 1611 and, and we read, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In other words, a path of life. Amen. The way to the tree of life. Back to the garden of fellowship. Amen. At God's right hand are pleasures forevermore. In other words, and, and you know, in his, full, in his fullness or in his presence... There is fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. John, let me, 1 John 1, 4, it says that your joy may be full. Everybody say joy. joy. It's like that old song, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. So what is fullness of joy? What is fullness of joy? Amen. Referring to leave them in order to prepare a place for them. Jesus said this in the 16th chapter of the book of John, verses 20 to 22. He said simply this. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall, shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more anguish, 
for, for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye know therefore, and ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your, and your joy no man taketh from you. In other words, he's talking about a joy that nobody can take away from you. A full joy. A perfect joy. Paul, Paul, Paul learned to be content in whatever state he was in. Amen. He understood. I don't care what's going on. I've got a relationship with God and he gives me joy. He gives me full joy. I'm content in that. I have a fullness of joy. Amen. He didn't ask for God. Jesus didn't ask for God to take us out of the world he said no keep them from the evil one or keep them from the evil in the world and that's why we pray that's why we talk to God because we need him to keep us Amen. so understand this tonight let me kind of wind this down here yep I need to wind it down when you enter this garden of fellowship and you enter this oneness with God the garden has cherubims that block in the influence and keep the way. John 17, 15 says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil or the evil one. Some of these scriptures, I'm repeti it's repetitious, but I want you to understand it. Be in the light as he is in the light. Once again, no less than three times, Jesus said, love one another. As he spoke, spoke about going to prepare a place for us. John spoke of this fellowship with, with, uh, with father and son. And also stressed the all-important theme of love for one another. In John, 1 John 4, 11-13. Let me go. Believe, God, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. 2 John 1, 5 says, and now I beseech thee, amen, not as, uh, not, not as though I, I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning that we love. Everybody say love one another. Love one another. Where is that place? Question one. Where is it? It's being in him and he in us. And we know we're there. How? If we love one another. You know, I try, to, I try to live by this, folks. I try to live by this. I try to, I, you know, when, when, I, when, I, when, when my spirit gets crossed somewhere, how many's ever had your, how, how many's ever got crossed in your spirit? You know, well, what do you mean by that? In other words, something just rubs you raw. Somebody just ticked you off. Somebody, you just, you just, you're wanting to really say something. <laughs> Amen. You know, you know, Brother Howard, what I, tr what I try to do, and I've, I've tried to live by this, is, is I want God, I want the, His Spirit to check me every time, every time that rises up in me. Check me. Amen. Like, like the, the, the bridle on the horse. Pull the reins back. Cause me to pause for a moment. Why? Because once you speak a spoken word, you can never take it back. No, can't be taken back. You can say, I'm sorry, but you can never take back what you said. Right? So we have to realize that. Amen. We know, if we know, if we want to have that kind of love, we have to really kind of live it, right? He said, you know, 
you know, they'll know you because you, you love one another. You know, if you love me, you'll love one another. Right? Tell your neighbor, say amen. Amen. So if we want that fellowship, Brother Monum, if you'll come on up. Amen. And, and understand this. Let me just put it down in the simplest terms. We cannot be there if we don't love one another. That's my point. That's what, that's what Jesus was trying to say. He's trying to break it down into the simplest forms. It's living a Christ-like life in this present world so that we have nothing blocking us from when the trump of God sounds. Or even in this world, we have nothing blocking us from getting into the presence of God. This was John's whole point in 1 John. Hatred, grudging, what is that? It's darkness. And if we're in darkness and we say we are, we are in fellowship with him, he said, we lie. So basically, let us love one another. Love one another. Let's stand together. Is that important, Pastor? Oh, man. Let me tell you something. I like the fact that I can lay my head down on a pillow at night and I don't have to worry about something I said that day or it's not to say I might not offend somebody because, you know, we all can offend somebody and not really know that we've offended them. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it makes it a lot easier when you have to kind of smooth it over with somebody if they actually come to you and say, hey, you offended me. Some people can be easily offended. But we always need to try to live our life in a way to where we can try to live above that, right? There's nothing like the Lord. Amen. So this is the first part. He has prepared. He's went away to prepare a place for us where he is, we can be also. And we just need to kind of begin to realize it's that blood that's been applied to our life that makes a difference, right? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we just raise our hands when we're at right now and just accept the word of God. Amen. Let the Lord just kind of minister to us. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity on this Wednesday night, this Bible study, for your word, because your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's what keeps our pathway lit up that we might see as we're walking in this world. And I pray, God, for each and every one of us that as we, as your word has been uh, spoken tonight, Lord, that, that, that we would give ourselves to you in a way to where, Lord, we would be, uh, uh, we would find that place of love for one another. We'd find that place of unity in you, oneness in you. Amen, God, so that you can use us in this last day. We want the world to know that, that we are your, your children. Amen. And the way they're going to know it is how we live our life. Amen. And I pray, God, tonight, let us love one, one another as you have loved us. Oh, God, let us walk in unity, in togetherness, Lord. Amen. Believe in that great things are going to come to pass. Amen. Good things are going to come to pass in our lives and in our church and in your body around the world, Lord God. So bless us tonight, I pray. Amen. Let something have been spoken into our spirit that will help us along the way. And everybody say, in the name of Jesus.
In the name of Jesus, we pray. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Amen. There's nobody like Him. Amen. So I challenge you tonight. It's 8:10. But why don't you determine between now and Sunday that you're gonna you're gonna try to find somebody that you can speak to about the things of God. Amen. And you might find somebody that might want to come to church with you. Amen. And just kind of open up that avenue. Let's be what God wants to do in Jesus' name. God bless you. Shake hands with one another as you are dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless.